Hello, I'm Dr. Steph Mulcahy and welcome to Growing With Grit. From working on a cattle station in Outback Australia to building my own practice as an aesthetic physician and dentist, I've learnt that people's stories of transformation can become our own best sources of motivation. Through my story and stories shared by my trailblazing, industry-destructing guests, I hope to put a fire in your belly so you can unapologetically strive towards the life and career you want. Consider me your mentor, here to lead the way and give you practical tools and actionable steps to achieve your wildest dreams in business and in life. Tune in each week as we take the leap together. G'day everyone and a warm welcome to the very first episode of Growing With Grit, a podcast where the untamed spirit of the outback meets the relentless pursuit of dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Steph Mulcahy, coming to you from the breathtaking landscapes of Broome, Western Australia. In this show, we're going to dive deep into the stories of tenacity and the raw power of resilience. We'll explore the rugged journey of starting and nurturing a career, a business, and a life filled with purpose, no matter what life throws at you. My own story is one of grit and grace, from chasing dreams down dirt roads and through the hallways of sometimes ageist and sexist industry. From buying a dental practice only two years after finishing my studies and overcoming discrimination, to finding my footing in the red dust of broom, it's been a wild ride, and it's a journey I'm so pleased to share with you for the first time. To be honest, it's all new to me. I'm usually more reserved and like to let my work ethic do the talking. So I'm on this adventure with you as we unpack my story of growing with grit. I'll share my insights about what it takes to become resilient, to stand tall in the face of adversity, and how sometimes the strongest roots grow from the harshest conditions. I'll share not just my story, but the story of my incredible family, mentors, and inner circle of trusted allies, who example of strength and faithful support has been a beacon through my the darkest nights. But this just isn't about looking back. It's about moving forward with intent, passion, and yes, a good dose of Australian grit. So buckle up as we share lessons from the front lines of business and life. Expect deep conversations with those who've inspired and shaped me and insights into how you too can grow through what you go through. Stay tuned for stories from the outback, lessons learned the hard way, and a path forward that's paved with resilience. This is Growing With Grit. Let's get started. Grit to me means growing in times of adversity, looking at the positives in every negative and using every opportunity you have to grow and trying to flip any negative into a positive and learn new things from it. I ended up in a career, which is dentistry, not following the traditional pathway and that came with it challenges, but also I learned a lot on the way, a lot about myself and also different areas of medicine and physiology and anatomy that I would never have learnt if I didn't follow the pathway that I did. And it opened up so many doors and networking opportunities that again, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to have had if I followed the traditional path. About six years ago, I was in a place where I enjoyed being a dentist, but I wasn't so happy in my workplace. I didn't align with the values of the leadership of the business that I was working in. And it made it really difficult for me to want to be at work, even though I enjoyed doing what I was doing. I was unsure which direction to take. I'd only been a dentist for 18 months at the time. I didn't think I had the skills to be able to open my own practice. However, I did know that I would be able to create a workplace with a culture that I enjoyed 
working in and wanted to be in and wanted others to enjoy it as well. So I sort of pondered with the idea for a little while and with the encouragement of my family, my dad in particular, after about a month of thinking about it, I decided to look into what it would be like to own my own practice. So I started doing a little bit of research. I looked at towns surrounding the area that I was in. I did have a restraint clause on my contract, so I wasn't able to continue working in the town that I was in for 18 months if I were to leave my job. It was quite a difficult decision to make because we had bought a house in that town. My partner, now husband, he had a really good job and he'd also moved there for me and we had a really good network as well. So we were going to give all that up if I was to pursue something different to what I was doing at the time. However, I got to work and started looking around. Not only was I looking for leases or premises to lease, I was also doing my math on that as well, looking at the cost of the lease. And then on top of that, it was equipment, what equipment I needed, how much it was going to cost to fit out the practice, how many team members I would need, everything you can think of that is in a dental practice, I had to think about that. So there was a decision to make as to whether I was going to purchase an existing practice or whether I was going to open my own. So I was driving around to these towns and I did look at some existing practices. However, none really caught my attention in a way that I thought I could make some nice changes to be able to make it the cultural fit that I was looking for. So, however, I was getting less aligned with the business as time went on. And so I decided to stop working where I was, take a break and go back to Victoria and spend some time with my family. Just so happens that I was only back there for about a week and I got a phone call from the practice broker. He rang me and said, oh, I've had this uh, practice fall through, a sale fall through in Broome. Would you be interested? And at the time... I thought, oh, it's a little bit too far away. We would have to move completely. We wouldn't be able to commute. Dan would have to look for a new job. But I thought, oh, I'll go have a look and see see what I think. So because I was at home with my family, Dad and I flew to Victoria. Uh, sorry, we flew to Broome and had a look at the practice. The town was beautiful. We stayed at a really lovely resort. We had nice meals at the restaurants. But the biggest thing that I really resonated was, was the team. So the previous owners that I was looking to buy the practice of were lovely and I had a really good feeling about them. And the rest of the team was also really lovely. So the dental assistants and the receptionists, and it just had a really nice feel to the clinic. So when I was there, I did all the due diligence, you know, looked through the books, made sure that it was what they said it was. So it was really busy. Uh, I looked at the equipment, what was available. It was funny, I was walking around the clinic saying, oh, is this included in the sale? Yep, that's included. How about the coffee machine? Yep, everything's included. So everything was included in the sale. And so I could just pick up and start off there without having to fit the whole thing out. Given the practice was a little bit tired, so uh, because the previous owner was ready to wind down and retire, but it had all the bones and the culture was exactly what I was looking for. So I had a good feeling about it. I went back, spoke with my family, spoke to Dan, my husband. And even though we knew that we would have to move to take on this opportunity, he knew that it was something that would be a benefit to me in my career. And so he gave me the green light. And so that was when we started the negotiation phase. We started negotiating the contract of sale to begin with, obviously the price and the terms and things like that. And the previous owner, Peter, had agreed to stay on for 12 months 
Now, I had been warned against that by some other more experienced practitioners and mentors of mine because I have heard of many stories going wrong. But I just had a good feeling about Pete and I knew that we got along really well and I'd hoped that it would work out. So I agreed to keep him on for 12 months. The other thing was is that I was only two years out of university at this stage and so clinically I was sound but the difficult appointments, you know, some difficult extractions or root canals, I did need some assistance and so it was really great to be able to have him there and draw from his experience after he'd been a dentist for 35 years. So we agreed on the price, we agreed on Pete to stay on for 12 months and then we had to start negotiating the lease. That was a little bit tricky, but we got there in the end. And third and final thing we had to do was all the team's contracts, the long service leave, and just make sure that everything was all above board, insurances and things like that. So everything was sorted from the sale point of view. And then it was up to me to organize everything in the background. Thankfully, at the time, I wasn't working because it turned out to be a full-time job. Not only did I have to get Telstra to swap over, that was probably the biggest challenge. It took a long period of time. The insurance, work cover, PO box, APRA, setting up a high caps machine and provider numbers and everything like that, that a clinician needs to do to be able to practice in a new clinic. We had to change all that over and change the ownership from the previous um, employer over to my new company. So that took about two months to get all that done. And we're able to get all that done. And then I went across to England for a holiday to spend some time with my family and a good friend of mine over there who had not long had a baby. So that's an example of how I was able to move from a not so great environment that I didn't align with and flip it to be able to create my own environment, which I was much more happy to work in, be able to influence the environment that I was in rather than trying to change myself to fit in an environment that I didn't fit into. So you may ask what on earth possessed a 27-year-old to do something like this and take on such a big up undertaking. I've grown up in an environment where if I didn't like something or if I found something difficult, one, I had to get on with it, but two, I could change what I was doing to suit a way that made it easier or better for me as long as I got the task done. And so I was able to just jump in and decide no one's going to make this workplace more aligned to me. So if I want to change something, then I have to do it myself. And so that's what drove me to make the change to purchase my own clinic at such a young age. January rocked around the following year and I drove 800 kilometers by myself with my dog, Bruz, to Broome. Initially, we lived in a one by one unit at the back of the clinic and Dan stayed in the previous town to get our house ready for rent and fix it up so we could lease it out. He hadn't finished the landscaping. And so I was up there by myself. I didn't know anyone apart from the previous owners that I'd just met a few months before and I didn't have any other friends. I was thankful that they took me in with open arms and introduced me to all their friends and family. And also because of that, a lot of their friends were also local business owners in the town and that helped to set up my network from the very beginning. I lent on the previous team a lot. So on the 1st of February 2019 was the first day that I took over and I worked clinically from 8 till 5 p.m. that day. The team ran as per normal on the front desk 
and reception and the dental assistants, just as they had done previously for the whole time that Pete and Sharon had owned the clinic. Sharon and Peter, the previous owners, were a great team and Sharon ran the administration side while Pete ran the clinical. I then stepped in and Sharon was able to run the day-to-day business side of things and I was doing the clinical along with Pete. However, I then still had to run the business on top of that as well. So I very quickly learned that I'd bought myself a job and not a business, which I was now working so many more hours than what I had done previously because I was still seeing patients all day and then having to do all the business administration at night. The lessons that I was learning were great. However, I did feel quite frustrated. I would feel like I was getting two steps forward and one step back. And every time something, everything would be feeling like it was going really well, something else would pop up, a piece of equipment would break, or we'd run out of stock and wouldn't be able to get anything for another week. And it just felt like I was constantly chasing my tail. I did this for a very, very long time. And in the end, I thought, no, I can't keep on working at this pace and something needs to change. So fast forward three years, Pete stayed on for me for longer than the 12 months that we'd initially agreed on. And this was mainly because of COVID and things were going well, but I was exhausted. It was around this time that I realized that even though my team were putting in their best efforts, I was not present mentally because I was treating patients all the time. And so I wasn't able to give them the support that they needed to be able to connect to the values and the why of why I'd purchased the clinic and in the first place. And so it was then that I realized the only way I could do this was by one of two things. Either I stepped back clinically to be able to give them more time and not just have to have quick conversations in the hallway because that was the only time that I saw them. Or I employed someone else to do that for me that could dedicate their time to managing the business and the team and again, not be distracted by reception or other tasks that need to be done constantly so they could also put the time and effort in that the team needed. So in December 2022, I was working from 8am to 6pm. I was studying two subjects. For my MBA and I was also running the business on top. I did have a practice manager and they were fantastic. However, they were also on reception as well. And so there was no one that was fully dedicated to solely running the team and the structure of the business who wasn't distracted by the day-to-day tasks that needed to be done. I was feeling a little bit wary of talking to my current manager about this because I thought that I might offend them by them thinking that I didn't think that they were doing a good enough job, which definitely wasn't the case, but we were all exhausted. So one afternoon, I stood at the front desk and I said to my practice manager, I think we need to employ someone that's solely dedicated to the team and not distracted by reception and also so uh, that can focus on the dental practice because at that time we'd been considering doing the dermal practice as well. And it was to my surprise that both the team members that I spoke to, just their faces lit up and they said, that's such a good idea. We should definitely do that. And I just felt instant relief because I was worried that they would feel like I didn't appreciate them. However, it was a total opposite because they could see now that I knew that they were also feeling a little bit overwhelmed and overworked. And so it was a benefit for all of us and the whole team, not just for me. It's important to note that behind the scenes, a person that has grit 
also leans on others with grit for support. I have a number of clinical mentors that I've met throughout the years. One of them was actually my childhood dentist. He treated me forever since I was a child and he was really great. He allowed me to come in and observe and do work experience when I was at high school, again when I was at university to decide if dentistry was actually what I wanted to do. But he also helped me understand the legalities and the intricacies of the contract and things like that as well. Another dentist that I leaned on a lot was one that I found in Perth when I was studying here. And I used to take time out of my own schedule to go and observe him every week. And we got quite a good relationship. He didn't get anything out of it. I didn't get paid for helping him or anything like that. It was just a bond that we had formed together and we enjoyed each other's company and enjoyed chatting to each other. He would then invite me to some sessions that they had with other dentists in town as well where they discussed cases and things like that. So that was really good to also expand my clinical network that way. Personally, I lean on my family a lot, my parents and also my sisters. I have four sisters and also my husband, Dan. So I'm very lucky to have a very supportive family that have always pushed me forward and held me up when I'm feeling not very strong and also encourage me to continue on. Professionally, I've seeked out support. And so this is in terms of a business mentor. So I do have two, one that focuses mainly on dental and one that focuses on dermal. So they both play to their areas of strength. And then I'm able to find the ways that suit our business or me better to be able to incorporate that into our business and run it in a way that is not only culturally aligned, and the reason why I took over the practice to begin with, but also it's sustainable. So I'm not working myself into the ground as I have done for the previous four years. One of my favorite sayings is, you don't have to know all the answers. You just need to know who to go to, to find out. So I learned at a young age that I was able to lean on those around me that are better at things than I am, to be able to broaden my skills and also to help with things that I don't know where to start or that I might not be as good at. And so that's why I have two business mentors, which I will be discussing and introducing you to throughout this episode. Susie Hoytnick is my dermal business advisor. So I didn't have anyone in my network previously that would be able to help with setting up the dermal practice and also with the network that I needed to be able to make the business successful. So I had to go out there and find someone that could do that. Susie has been amazing in helping us determine our unique selling distinction, our vision, mission, values, and be able to align the team to that. I then have Shane Davis. He's a podiatrist and also a founder of Clinic Mastery. Shane helps me with the dental business side of things. And again, to be able to find someone that has set up multiple businesses to not be self-reliant on him. That was something that I really needed help with to be able to take the reliance off me and be able to put structures in place to allow that to happen. And that's something that Shane's really good at. And so I have been able to go out and find people to help with the skills that I wasn't able to find in my own personal network and essentially contract those skills out to someone to be able to teach me to do that. Whatever industry you're in, if you're new or starting something different, you'll likely face discrimination. 
It could be in the form of people saying you're too young, too old, too different, not experienced enough, anything. However, it's important to be able to try to focus on what you're trying to achieve and not let other people's opinions bring you down or sway your thoughts. So I've seen it play, being played out in other dental practices where some appointments might be swapped around without the clinician's knowledge or input um, for higher producing appointments or other clinicians might not speak so kindly about some other dentists without them knowing or make them not sound as good so then they can do the treatment. And whatever it might be in your industry, there'll be something similar. However, if you let those voices rule the way that you are going to succeed, then you'll never get to step out and create your own pathway in a way that you want to. Growing up in the country, I've learned to just jump in and get stuff done. So whether you're feeling uncomfortable, you're cold, you're tired, it's too heavy, too hard, or you don't really know what to do, we were always encouraged to give things a go and to try anyway. And so that's been able to help me in the business because in business, or in anything new that you start in life. You're never gonna feel ready when you first start. As much as you can prepare and put time and effort into trying to make sure that you've covered every single base and that you know exactly what you're doing, things happen and things prop up and things just don't go to plan. And so to be able to draw on past experiences and learn how to problem solve has been really helpful for me. I have come from a resilient family. My mum is an amazing lady and you will actually get to meet my dad in a later episode. He's a successful businessman with agriculture, so in farming and also milk factory. However, as the saying goes, behind every strong man is an even stronger woman. And my mum is an incredible lady who's had to face a lot of adversity in her life. She was unfortunate to lose her mum at the age of 11 on the 5th of February. And exactly one month later, she went to boarding school in Melbourne. And so she was always going to boarding school. She wasn't shipped off because her mum passed away. However, it was at a difficult time in her life where she would have been supported by her family had she stayed. However, she saw the positive in it and enjoyed being away from the sadness of the family. She enjoyed the learning opportunities that the boarding school was able to offer that the local primary school or high school wasn't. And she also learned to love books in the library. She became very close with her aunties as well and also her grandmother. But mum does come from a long line of resilient women. Her grandmother was one of 20 children or only 15 living. As you probably know, back then they didn't have any contraception. So a lot of women didn't have a choice. And grandma's mum actually also passed away when she was young at the age of 17. And she was lucky to be able to be brought up by her sister who took her in to allow her to have a career as a seamstress instead of having to marry out and find a man to look after her. And so from then, they learnt that you never want to rely on anyone else for your income and it's important to be independent and to be able to look after yourself. Mum had that on both sides as her other grandmother was also a widow and was left with four children, one that was only 10 days old after her husband fell out of the horse and gig and died of hypothermia in the snow. Her husband's brothers then invested the money and unfortunately lost a lot. And so they left her with nothing and four children. 
And so she was quite bitter towards men. But because of that, she again instilled that independence in her children. And that's been lucky to flow on down through the generations. And all the women in our family are very strong and independent and know the importance of standing up for yourself and standing on your own two feet because they've had to learn it the hard way. Growing up on the land, I've learned so many amazing things from all the incredible nature, the start of life, and unfortunately sometimes the end of life. It can be a harsh reality and also it can be tough at times, but it has enabled me to be able to grow the skills that I need to run and own a business, but also to be able to live in a remote area such as Broome, as I am now, and how to make the business successful to people that I align with and can understand. Throughout this series, Growing With Grit, I'm going to share with you stories from my upbringing on the farm, stories from living in a remote city such as Broome, and stories as a business owner in the hope that you're able to find nuggets of gold to help you push through to be able to create your own journey and get inspiration and to find your true grit to be able to succeed. We all have a history that has shaped us into who we are today. We can choose to rewrite our own book or to build on the strengths that we have learnt from our families or our upbringing. Throughout this series, I will draw from my experiences and lessons in resilience, hard work and creating my own fun, learnt during both my personal and my professional life and how I've used these lessons from growing up in the country to help me and my business succeed to what it is today. Thank you for joining me on my journey with Growing With Grit. Remember, this is just the beginning. I've got so many stories that will challenge you, empower you, inspire you, and keep you moving forward. So until next time, keep growing, keep learning, and always bring your grit along for the journey. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Remember... All the information we discussed today is my own opinion and should not be considered official business or medical advice. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future content. And I'd so appreciate it if you could rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.